Welcome to We'd Rather Be Reading. I'm Jerrica. And I'm Leah. Och vi kan prata svenska idag. Oh yes, we're going Swedish. Yes. This part is going svenska. But we didn't know. We didn't know. And it was only until a little part in the book where the male main character meets his family and his mom is Swedish and he speaks Swedish and she speaks Swedish and there's a lot of Swedish in the book and also there's a accents. lot of uh, of this author having read about Sweden on on the internet, internet. and never been to Sweden and used no. Google Translate to find I words know. and then threw them in this book that's what this there's is. also two narrators one yeah. for them because it's dual perspective so mm-hmm. one for the female MC and one for the male MC and one of them knows how to pronounce the Swedish words Not correctly really. and the other mm-hmm. one doesn't because they say no no they Neither say, one of them knows how to pronounce it. They say sötnos They say sötnos, yeah. which is sötnos. And they say, by the way, I, I would assume <laughs> that they googled what is sweetheart in Swedish and got sötnos, yeah. not realizing that this is not ever something you would call an adult. An adult, no, it's like, for a child. ever, for a ever. But when the mom says it to the kid, Yeah, but even to the kid, like, I have not heard... Sötnos been used on an adult person, like even okay, when it's your okay, child, okay, okay, it's okay. not something that you would do. It's like cutesy, like it's not sweetheart. It's no. it's very much like yeah, like something you will call baby. to a child. Yeah. yeah. Uh, regardless, we've read Only When It's Us by Chloe Liesel, and Chloe writes romances reflecting her belief that everyone deserves a love story. Hence, there's now. Disabilities in every book of hers, right? I love it. Her stories pack a punch of heart, heat, heart, and humor, and often feature characters who are neuro- neurodivergent like herself. When not dreaming up her next book, Chloe spends her time wandering in nature, playing soccer, and most happily at home with her family and mischievous cats. That makes sense because there's yeah. a female main character who plays soccer, and it was actually correct all of the soccer information. Not that you would know, but nothing. I would have no clue. They had a ball, they were on grass, they were goals. This was like, I was like, yeah, there's soccer stuff happening. Okie dokie. <laughs> Don't care. Uh, but I really like this book. The main character is a very, like, I would say normal girl. Well, she's athletic. She's an athlete, right? So she has an athlete body, but she has messy hair. She's sweaty. She's hungry all the time because she's an athlete. And she's also um, has only a mother and no siblings. And you could feel that connection with her mom. And her mom is dying from cancer. And her mom was in the army before. And it turns out that the mom knows the male main character's father. Mm -hmm. And that story I really liked. And how she handled everything, too. Now, the male main character, he is half Swedish, half American, and his dad is a doctor and was also a doctor in the army and lost a part of his leg um, when the car went over an IED back in Afghanistan, and it was the female main character's mom that saved his leg. Yeah, uh... I mean, and they have a shit ton I of kids. would say she's not a normal girl because no, no our main girl Willa is yeah. she is 
She does not connect at all with her emotions. She's afraid of fucking everything. She likes to have just casual sex. She makes sure she has no one close to her. Uh, she's moody to fucking fault. I would hate to be around her because for someone who's like, but I'm hungry, where he has to throw her, like he has to look out for her needs like she's a fucking child all the time. Like, no. <laughs> Honestly... I was have you surprised ever... when she started talking about sex stuff. I'm like, why is she talking about sex? She's a child. I literally saw these characters as like 14 year olds. And it was what? really hard in my head to get back to, okay, they're in college. They're like in their 20s because they came across as so young. I did not. In the beginning of this book, like I was like, why are they thinking sexy thoughts? These are children. Stop it. <laughs> and it was. Yeah, Wait, how on earth did you get to that? That's so strange. Oh my god, I felt like they were so young, like young, young. No, it didn't. Feel Whenever young they talked to each other, like I was like, they're so young, young. I'm like, this in fact, is he sweet. felt so I much think older. it was. I think it was the way she said "mama," which really, really, like is "mama." Okay. I felt like you know when was... when people say "daddy," I also think that that's very childish. Yeah, um, I think it was the way she said. Mama, but I have adult friends mama. that call their dad daddy still, even at this age. So it still happens. Yeah, but I understand that. But I think it was the way she said mama that was just, it just came across as so young for me. And his okay. shyness and not speaking, I'm like, this is so, they feel so young. But he was not speaking. Uh, no, and, and he was all sense there, bearded. But then, and how is he a teenager to you? I don't know. It was like, like the beginning beard. of it that was like, it came across... And then I, I had to struggle to wrap my mind around the fact that, like, I had to remind myself that they were older all the time, which made it really weird. Like, all the sexy thoughts she had, I was like, ugh, child. Okay, no, okay, she's grown up. Okay, well, you don't have to think like that because they were not even remotely close to being children. In fact, the reason why he didn't talk was because he cannot hear because yeah. he got meningitis. And as a side effect from the meningitis, he has hearing issues but he's not deaf completely he no. is just hearing impaired and and he's refusing to speak yeah and because he doesn't know what he's going to sound like or if he's going to speak properly and i understood that and i thought that was also realistic and i have friends in college that were athletes and they act very much like her they're very self-involved people mm -hmm. everything has to be around their sport and just getting by in school and that's why she needed him to help her with the notes and stuff so yeah she's needing needy and self-involved and pushes everyone else away because she's so focused on her athletic career it wasn't career. because of the athletic career though it's because she was losing her mom and she was like guarding her heart and all of this and that and i mean i get it they explain it but i don't know i i, I don't know enough about hearing impairment but i feel like if you've been talking for the first whatever 18, 19 years of your life and then you lose your hearing to not communicate at all um, with any kind of words or sounds to just shut yourself down like so completely I don't know it, it it's sounds... a part of grief right and it's like maybe PTSD but it, it from is loss also and stuff extremely like that. um kind of in not strong but like stubborn in a way to to keep it up sure you but know? that is realistic too and people yeah. would be like that whether or not it you could be like get over yourself it's like well it doesn't work like that in people's brains all the time no, no, fair enough and then i mean and i think that the issues that they were talking about in this like uh how willa was dealing with um 
her fear of, of getting attached to people and closing off her heart from her relationship or non-relationship with her dad and the fact that she only had a mom and, and like she was closing herself off to to love because she just doesn't want to be hurt and the way he is reacting with this I mean it was it was well written and and it was well well very well described and and just um for him uh, the way she was with him she was very understanding but almost like ridiculously so like a bit too perfect in the way she was always like not judging him always speaking like very uh clearly and like showing her his face and all of this and that um i just felt like for someone like willa who is so self-involved it was kind of deviating from her character in a little bit her caring about like the way she was always conscious of how he couldn't hear her and stuff yeah, but she didn't know the whole story. That's why she was being patient, because she was waiting f- for him to tell her, like, exactly why yeah. he is the way that he is. But she notices here and there, like, oh, but I think he can hear me a little bit because he reacted this way or that way. And I thought that was quite touching. Now, they were put together because of a school project. Yeah. Um, or so because that's... of a meddling brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's why they were together so often. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that she was being overly patient with him it's no, that she was being overly, forced to yeah, but be. she was being overly not overly but i mean he appreciated it but she was very like i think there should in a way I, i'm just thinking of myself there's usually a learning curve to oh this person can't hear properly i need to speak slowly and i need to show them my face i would probably mess up a few times before doing it you know, naturally with this person all the time. Whereas for her, it was just like, oh, he can't. Then I need to do this. Oh, it's only the... Sorry, Raven. you have to cut that off. Raven. <laughs> rude, baby. That was very rude. <laughs> She's happy about it. Better out than in, I <laughs> uh, But yeah, no, he's got hearing issues. She's got uh, mommy. No, she's got like... Issues with letting people in, letting people close, with opening her heart to people. Right. But she has a best friend. Mm-hmm. And the best friend sort of whips her into shape at some point, too, and says, yeah. like, listen, bitch, we'll see what's around you kind of thing. Yeah. But she develops end. a real relationship with this guy, and then he, it inspires him and encourages him to figure a way to get better mentally and also within his hearing aspect, yeah. too, and goes to the doctors and tries to... See if there's any new ways for him to be able to hear better. And I thought it was so touching, like, the way that he got to hear her for the first time and when things were closer. And then even the way that the writer, like, made them in their sex scenes where he he she brought a mirror so that she he could see what she was saying or mm-hmm. how she was feeling and stuff like that. So they were communicating during sex even yeah. without him being able to hear her. But that was really creative, actually. And then the whole story that goes around the mom, I, you know how I feel about miscommunication and, like, couples who don't talk to each other. Yeah. It drives me nuts, especially in books. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and she runs away from every conversation, Willa. Like, she's ridiculous with this. Like, she runs yeah. from every conversation. And so she doesn't even tell him that her mom is dying. She tells him that her mom lives close, but really she lives in a hospice hospital Mm -hmm. um, because she's dying from cancer. And the mom doesn't even tell her, like, listen, honey, I'm at the point of I'm not going to make it past Christmas kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, she wasn't, the mom wasn't open with her about that either uh, until the very end. And at the very end, not of the story, but of the mother's life, she moves in with the male MC's family because it was the father that she saved the life of before. And he's a doctor, an oncologist for her. So he says, come instead of living in a hospital for your last few days, come and live in our basically guest house on our property and we'll take care of you because so it's the least in the house but yeah least i could do yeah and i mean and that's I, where she finds out that yeah, that's even his family because he doesn't tell her hey your mom's coming to, to live with and then, me and then when she finds out by going out and actually running into him in his own house she's so angry with him like and it's so out of proportion i like my comment for this is like willa should just fucking let Ryder talk to her because She's angry he hasn't said anything about his family and her mom living with them. But she did not fucking give him any chances to do this. Like, he tries. He tries so hard to talk to her. And she just won't answer his text, won't see in person person, won't, like, she yeah, that was not. a weird thing that happened when he's trying to reach out to her and yeah. she just shuts down. But she's, she's shutting like, no. down because she, she was having her mom die within, like, that week. No, that was not that. That was when, when she was moving in, when she finds it out that, that she's living with Ryder. And he's been trying to talk to her, like, since before the mom even moved into the house. He's been yeah. trying to talk to her and she just won't let him. No. And she's Because just, she wants to focus on... What she has to finish with, and that was her soccer games and her exams. And then my and next stuff like uh, comment is: Ryder should let her go. She's so fucking immature. This is my okay, but they are very young. They're twenty one years old. Yeah. But I think that Ryder, his like personality, we're so close with his like family and his mom and dad that we're like the one for each other for their whole life. Mm-hmm. He also is this like I'm gonna I'm in love with her and she's gonna be like one and done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then when he cuts his beard off and then girls start to flirt with him again, not that he does anything about it, but it's like does that happen? Like if a guy chops his beard off and then all of a sudden it's I'm like sure. oh but this guy. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Unfortunately though, I'm sure it does. Even though you found her annoying and you thought that she didn't communicate at all, she has this uh, little quirk or quip or whatever you call it where she has an inability to keep her thoughts inside her head like every other fucking book how many books have you read about the people not being able to keep their fucking thoughts in their heads but she rambles outside of her own head and and he can't really hear her so he just sees her like rambling in the kitchen and I thought that's so funny like could you imagine this girl just talking to herself in the kitchen you're like what a weirdo girl yeah but then but then also with that she does it all the time and then he's playing around with his hearing aids and she actually has one in and he can hear her and then she's like oh he's doing this to me and he didn't even tell me it's like yeah and you talked out loud like anyone with normal hearing would have been able to hear you so you know maybe mind your fucking mouth you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah. like stop being angry with Ryder for you know working on himself like no i i really did not like her she pissed me off to no fucking but she extent. says hilarious things so she says aching chucha <laughs> That was so funny. And then uh, when he says his when he says his name and she gets sidetracked and jumps him and then remembers she's mad at him. <laughs> like that's because of for the first time she hears him. She calls him a Yuletide wet dream. Like there's so many things that make me love her so much. Her banter and inability to keep her thoughts is hilarious. And then she says after saying something, them's the facts. <laughs> It's like I want to be friends. 
friends with her. I really liked her a lot. I did not like her at all. I found her to be so annoying. Okay. So annoying. Totally different opinions on this book. Yeah. And writer. Honestly, can we talk a little bit about the Sweden parts of this? Sure, sure. Because Chloe... You're welcome to come and visit Sweden. We will show you around and, and we, will, we will tell you what it's actually like. And we'll also introduce you to all the men in Sweden that are called Niklas Matthias. Yeah, none of them you is called Ryder. No one is called Ryder. Uh, also, she's like the northern part of Sweden. When when uh, Ryder's dad tells the story of how he met his mom, and the mom's Swedish, Ellen, that is a Swedish name. I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, he goes like, oh... The northern part of Sweden is not very, very populated. There's no cities out there. I'm like, yeah, there's no North American sized cities out there. For Sweden, there's quite a few cities that are decently sized for Sweden up north. And, you know, uh, and he makes it seem like there's restaurants, like a hole in the wall restaurant up there. I'm like, where? Where would you find this? Like, yeah. Uh, no. And then the Christmas. Let's talk about Swedish Christmas here because, oh my fucking God. It was nothing. Tell me one family in Sweden who puts flags on their tree. Oh, no. (laughs) No one. We don't put flags on our tree. That's the Norwegians. When I lived in Montreal, we celebrated Christmas at, uh, we had Swedish Christmas and we had to celebrate at the Norwegian church because there was no Swedish church. And there was a Norwegian Christmas tree there and they had freaking flags all over their tree. Which we used to make fun of because it's a stupid fucking tradition, which no one in Sweden does. Okay. We don't put flags on our trees. We also don't hang gingerbread cookies in our trees. Mm, kids' gingerbread cookies. Mm, we had them as a thing yeah. from their daycare. But not really on the not, tree. Not re- it was a tree decoration, but it was not yeah. something that you'd get a box of gingerbread cookies, put holes in and them, and also, hang them on the tree. Ryder drinking glug with his Christmas food, I'm like... Yeah, no, no one does that. No. Glug is something you drink before, before. eating. Mm. You do not drink glug with food. That would be disgusting. Um, that, <laughs> glug is disgusting. I and like they also bad, they but, also mispronounce it too, uh, but that they is They said glug, yeah. which is not true. It's glug. Um, glog, I think. Yeah, glog, and like, you don't drink it with food. You do not drink glug with food. No, it's like a warm, it's, sweet it's wine. It's mold wine. Yeah, it's warm wine. Um, but I have to say, for this, to this book's credit, yeah, this author has read the Laura Thalassa guide to how to have sex <laughs> because because there was... there was so much missionary with eye contact going on here. All yeah. of the eye contact. There was a lot of eye contact. Yeah. And yes. I have read two other books in the series afterwards because they're audiobooks and it mm-hmm. was easy to just switch into. Plus, I really like this family a lot. They have seven kids and they're all super close and one of them is Moody. So I read his story next and he's like an That's artist. Soren. No, Soren was a hockey player where the family didn't even care about because it was in the NHL and they're like, oh, we care about soccer more. But I thought... But you're half Swedish, and Swedes really appreciate hockey. Sure, football too, but football and hockey are are both up there in sports in Sweden. So I didn't understand why they didn't support his career at all, considering he also made it to the NHL, and they don't even go and watch any of his games. That is mean. That makes the family mean. I don't like that. 
There was, I'm surprised, honestly, uh, a little bit like in um, how you were surprised by my reaction to the Rory book. I'm a little bit surprised by your reaction to this book. <laughs> because there was so much lack of communication. Like, no yes. one was fucking talking to anyone in this book. Like, Ryder was trying to talk to Willa, but Willa was having none of it. Like, she was not talking to him at all. Like, any time he wanted to have a conversation, she would literally freaking run away. Yeah, there was a lot of running away because they weren't even really in a relationship. No. And it was kind of messy until the end. What I did like about the end of this book is that it didn't sum it up to the point of where they then have... um, um, they get married and they get engaged and then they have babies and all that kind of stuff. It just ends with them dating and she gets uh, accepted to one of the pro soccer teams and they end up moving north and he starts to do his own thing with his forestry, whatever stuff. But it ends with forever, which I hate. Why? Because it's so stupid. <laughs> okay, thank you for that analysis. You're, you're welcome. It was, it was my most eloquent one today. Uh, no, but it's just like with forever when it's like, and then we were going to be, he was my forever. And I'm like, yeah, sure. But you wouldn't even talk to him. And there's so many things that were just shitty for you. And that you, and, and when he's like, I knew I loved you from that first time you scowled at me. I'm like, mm-hmm, sure you did. And, and then he's like, oh. When I fall, I fall in love forever, like my dad. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, because we're all like our parents. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't like this. Like, I think it's... It, it I was so swoony with, over it. I thought that he was so my... sweet. And I really liked that she was so patient with him and his disability. And then that it was like her voice that like brought him back to life. I think it was, I thought it was very romantic. But I think that's my problem because I think this goes in whenever there's forever, it, it triggers the same thing as like the mating bond for me. Okay, like, but I, I love think, mating bond. Because I think it's like, yeah, I love you from first sight and we're going to now be together forever because you are the one for me. It's like, yeah, these are cute things to say, but marriages and relationships are, they're not something that just happens to you. Like it's something you have to work on always. And it's something that's like, you should continue to... I prefer the, the books and stuff where they're like, I will continue to choose you every day because that means that you're actually liking someone when you make that choice and you choose someone every single day instead of just saying the first day, that's it, choice done. Okay, now but, it's forever. <laughs> but this is basically just a story about how their romantic relationship started. And you can have all of the doubt you want about how it's going to end, but they don't say how it's going to end. Oh, no, they say forever. Yeah, but the, they they're forever. still dating in the next few books, but they're not married. They're, there's not like some weird fantasy story time where they have like six kids live in some house in the woods kind of thing. It's, it doesn't end up well, like that. We know it's going to end up there. <laughs> okay, but, but you can have all of your cynical, kids. they're going to divorce in this And then they're going to divorce, and she's going to die of cancer. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. Okay, now we know how Leah sees the future. No one can ever be happy. There no. will never be one Leah's person. Meanwhile, Leah's been married for 18 fucking years. But no, there's not one person for you. <laughs> Okay, well, today I feel optimistic about a happily ever after, and Leah doesn't. And neither does Raymond. <laughs> she says, no, I heard her. 
she in fact says nay. No, she said nay. She agrees with me. No happily ever after. Exactly. All right. We're going to go and take care of baby. So uh, listen in for next week when we're going to read Fault Tilt. Full Tilt. Full Tilt. Um, which I predict will be sad. So read along with us and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. We'd Rather Be Reading is an original podcast by Jerrica Siron and Leah Sanfer. The music for The Penguins, written and performed by David Allred from the album The Transition, courtesy of Erased Tapes. Please check him out on Spotify and check us out on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at We'd Rather Be Reading and on Twitter at We'd Rather Read. You can also email us at We'd Rather Be Reading the Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.